Find your frequency. This is Heaven Bent. I'm Tara Jean Stevens. Welcome to this special season two bonus episode. And it's been nearly two years since I shared my exploration of Bethel Church with you. Bethel is, of course, an American megachurch in Redding, California, known for its mysterious school of supernatural ministry and led by its founder, Bill Johnson. The Lord is healing a number of conditions. I want us to sing this song again, but I feel like tonight he's going to heal people as we worship. I... It's not something we earn. It's just something that happens. We've we've seen so many things happen. Cancer disappear in worship. So many things. There's either somebody here or you represent somebody here with bowel cancer, and the Lord is healing bowel cancer tonight. Pancreatic cancer, one of the most terrifying forms of cancer. On this episode, we'll reconnect with a familiar voice from season two, Reading journalist and former Bethel member, Annalise Pierce. She's joining me again for this bonus episode to talk about where Bethel's at today and the pivotal things that have happened at the church since we last left off. So it's been a hot minute since we last connected, so I thought it would be good for you to just remind us all about your personal connection to Bethel. Yeah, so um, I live in Redding, California, and I came here about 13 years ago to be part of the Bethel community. At the time, I, my partner and I were serving on the mission fields in East Africa, and we came home for kind of a furlough year and wanted to attend the Supernatural School of Ministry to really kind of understand better what our Pentecostal African friends were experiencing as far as their faith. After leaving the church, Annalise has more recently launched her nonprofit news organization, Shasta Scout. It covers general civic issues in Reading, and that most definitely includes investigative reports on Bethel Church. Some people are very unhappy. There's been a lot of turnover in, in mid-level leadership related to people's concerns about the political statements made by the church. So when it comes to um, sermons and messages, certainly, you know, I have documented recently, you know, that Bill Johnson said that the, the COVID vaccine is essentially a rehearsal for the mark of the beast. Um, I think that was a pretty political statement in the midst of a pandemic. Um, Chris Ballatin has compared women who seek out abortions to school shooters. I think, Whoa. again, a highly political statement. <laughs> Um, Whoa. Chris Valatin, you may remember, is a senior leader at Bethel and the co-founder of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Those are things when we hear those coming out, you know, and that's usually through people who were sitting in a sermon and couldn't believe what they heard. Um, you know, we do report on those just because those are, you know, deeply political types of statements and deeply cultural social statements that do affect people who, who hear them across the world. Now, I think it's pretty safe to say that one of the most significant things that has happened at Bethel in recent months is the death of Benny Johnson after a long battle with cancer. She was the matriarch of Bethel and Bill Johnson's wife. 
after Benny was diagnosed, you know, of course the full details of her medical experience are personal and private, but from what she shared um, on social media and what I've heard from other people, you know, she, she pursued non-traditional treatments, alternative medicine treatments, which is pretty much something that Benny has always been, you know, maybe for the last five to 10 years, been very um, curious about and very committed to as alternative medicine. It's a big part of you know, how she interacts with the local church and on social media. And she did that with her cancer as well. And it appears that the, those treatments were not successful for whatever reason. And she um, she ended up having pretty aggressive cancer that eventually took her life. And of course, with Benny passing, she leaves behind her husband and co-founder of Bethel. How's, how's Papa Bill? Yeah, so I don't have any personal contact with Bill Johnson, but, you know, what I can say as somebody both who watches the church and used to attend the church, you know, is that Bill was tremendously connected to Benny and they really were a couple that operated very closely together in very distinct roles. Um, Bill is really, you know, as you said, the papa, the the father of the church. He's the the head apostle of the church. He's the the senior pastor over all of Bethel's ministries, and um, he's really the one who is the face of the Bethel movement internationally. And you know, known as a father figure, you know, he's kind of Father Christmas. He's just a really generous guy um, who who's known for you know giving all his children and grandchildren gifts on his own birthday and really has always spoken adoringly of his wife in a very sincere way. And Benny is, you know, quite a different character. I mean, she she just is a very fiery, outspoken um, person. And, you know, I'm really talking about her as if she's still alive because, you know, her I thought that was strange, is, actually, if you, it yeah. like you were talking about a saint. <laughs> yeah, sure. Her, I mean, you know, I don't have any sense of that with her personally, but just that her spirit, you know, was very fiery, was very active and she was really known for some kind of crazy out there types of interactions with the church body and with um, the school of ministry she wasn't often part of you know on stage ministry for the the main church but she did speak to the students and when I was there you know she blew the shofar she led uh, trips to Israel regularly and she was really well known for some stories about angelic manifestations and kind of calling angels back to you know, their realms and their authority to interact with the current world. So she she had a lot of that, you know, kind of goes along really well, actually, with her alternative medicine interests, you know, sort of just had sort of um, almost like a new agey kind of feel to her ministry, although I'm sure that she wouldn't find that complimentary. So I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but, you know, that was kind of from the outside, that's what it felt like. Benny Johnson was 67 years old. So an important through line for season two was Bethel's relationship with the city of Reading and the perceived power that it held on city council. Today, as Annalise is about to explain, this is still a major issue for many Reading residents. There's quite a controversy at the city level in Reading because the current city council, which is made up of five people, includes, you know, Julie Winter, who is an elder at Bethel Church. Uh, she's also a nurse practitioner. 
she's known as, you know, a thoughtful, well-organized, intelligent, um, friendly person, but also somebody, of course, who who sits on um, the elder board at Bethel and therefore is, you know, believed to certainly hold the ear of Bethel and perhaps have connections to the money that Bethel has, which is no small amount of money. They are not transparent with their finances, but, you know, in 2018, it was 60 million annual revenue or annual budget. It's a really big deal in our community. It's, we ran a survey at Shasta Scout, you know, asking readers what questions they wanted us to ask candidates. And that was in the top three questions was, are they Bethel affiliated? And Bethel affiliation, you know, kind of a loose term, right? Meaning that in some way they're connected to the church because difference between being a member and being affiliated. Yeah. Not that many people actually join as members, but quite a few people attend. And then even those who may not attend anymore still have really deep networks and connections or may have attended the school of ministry, but just aren't currently going to church. And so, um, you know, actually we have one of our one of the people who's running for Reading City Council, you know, when I interviewed him for his candidate interview, said the reason he was running, the, the sole reason he was running was to ensure that we did not have a Bethel majority on the board. Actually used to be a Bethel member, much like myself. So, you know, it's a very interesting dynamic. When I was researching for season two, and I think it even came up in one of the episodes, Bethel had plans for a pretty huge and controversial new multi-million dollar campus in Reading. Did it go ahead? Did it get built? They are currently working on that campus and they're currently fundraising for the campus. I've been getting a lot of emails lately. I'm still on a lot of the church, you know, email list and I'm, I've been getting a lot of emails with calls from senior pastors for people to sacrificially give towards that building project. Um, I think that it's costing the church around $167 million to build. And it is quite controversial in the community. You know, we have in Reading, much like other parts of California, we have a couple of interconnected issues. And one of them is certainly um, drought. You know, we have some pretty difficult water conditions here in far, far Northern California. And there is a lot of concern about water use at that campus. But I think more importantly to a lot of people, there's a lot of concern about housing and we're really in a housing crisis here. We have um, tremendously little affordable housing and Bethel puts a huge crunch on housing, not only because they have such a large membership, but also because they bring in, you know, all these students and they don't have campus housing for them. So, you know, I think at least in good years, you know, it's between three and 5,000 students coming in without housing. And then, you know, there's also some level of gentrification happening relative to, to people from the Bethel community flipping existing um, market rate housing and, and kind of upgrading the rents and stuff, which also pushes some people out. So that is a really big concern for a lot of people who um, question whether Bethel's effect on the overall economy is positive or not. So Bethel, yes, still a powerful presence on Reading City Council. Uh, but regarding politics, more specifically, you know, national politics, I'll say that I didn't receive, I, I've, I've very rarely received much criticism about Heaven Bent. But one thing I did hear a few times from listeners regarding season two was they felt that it got too political. And I just wanted to, I don't know, I thought you might get a, a kick out of this. Like, I just want to say, 
it's not my fault. It got political. It was it's Bethel <laughs> that got political. I was just following the trail. Are, is Bethel and and leaders like are they still stirring the pot when it comes to national politics? Well, you know, I think that they have stepped back a little from a highly visible role and. I'm kind of still trying to understand the dynamics at the church. Um, from what I hear from sources, you know, off the record, meaning that I can't connect their information to their names, they're saying, you know, that the church is kind of re-determining, um, you know, how it will continue to bring in funding in the wake of changes after the COVID pandemic, but also, you know, a lot of political changes. I think as a whole, Bethel is seen as um, somewhat Christian nationalist, really, because of statements made by leadership. For anyone who's not familiar with that term, how would you describe Christian nationalism? You know, it's such a difficult term to describe. And um, I, I have spent a lot of time just sort of researching this and trying to understand, you know, not wanting to mischaracterize. But I think that the general idea of Christian nationalism is that America itself is God's country, you know, that it that it was founded on God's principles that belongs to God's people, and that reestablishing God's God's rule and God's way of life in America, you know, actually codified into law is a healthy part of, you know, Christian culture and revivalism that that what our nation needs is God and therefore, you know, bringing God into government is actually a positive thing. One of the people that I interviewed for my candidate series for city council is Tanessa Adet, and she teaches God and government at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry now. And, you know, one of the questions I asked her, she was very forthright about her Bethel involvement. And, and she said, you know, I teach separation of church and state, and I, I think it's really important. You know, I, I don't believe in Christian nationalism, she told me. But I, but I asked her, you know, how would Bethel influence your vote? And she said, not at all. But I, you know, I have to think like when you're in a church where you're being taught a theology that says, you know, the, the way we can bring health and happiness and well-being and prosperity to earth is by infiltrating every aspect of society, you know, by integrating Christian theology, Christian ways of thought and Christian ways of living into every aspect of society. Surely that does impact the way that you you know, rule and make decisions as a city council member. I mean, I don't think anyone at Bethel is telling her how to vote. You know, I don't think that she's being manipulated or treated as a puppet. But I do think that what she's learning and what she's hearing and the relationships she has there will have to affect her vote. That's the whole purpose of a culture that's as persuasive and powerful and pervasive as Bethel is internationally. It's to influence. And they're certainly influencing everyone who goes there. And someone from the Bethel flock that is definitely gaining a ton of influence in America is worship leader and touring evangelist, Sean Foyt. In season two, we tracked him as he launched his Let Us Worship tour and took it all over America. And these mass worship gatherings were extremely controversial and often unsanctioned and even illegal because they were taking place during the first few months 
of the COVID-19 pandemic. Sean Floyd, of course, is, you know, con very connected to, to Bethel, a former volunteer worship leader there, and certainly a close friend of the house, as they would call him, you know, um, this whole idea at Bethel is, do you have the Bethel DNA? You know, are you one of us? And Sean Floyd is very much one of them. He's Bethel affiliated, right? We can't say that he's a Bethel member, or that he is a, a leader at Bethel, but he has those close connections close connections at Bethel, and increasingly powerful connections in American politics. It is an absolutely profound honor to address all of you gathered at the National Mall on this very solemn day of remembrance and prayer as our nation commemorates the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001, a terrible day. This is former President Donald Trump's video address to a Let Us Worship crowd in Washington, D.C. on September 11th, 2021. I want to thank Sean Foyt and everyone from the amazing Let Us Worship movement for hosting this very beautiful and incredible event. Since last year, you have brought worship and prayer to 132 cities all across the country including the largest church service in America right here in our nation's capital, by uniting citizens of all denominations and backgrounds to promote faith and freedom in America. You are strengthening our entire nation, and we thank you for it. More recently, Donald Trump has announced that he's once again running for president. And for people like me and Annalise and so many others who follow Sean Foyt's ministry, we're very much expecting him to become a big part in promoting Trump's campaign. And all this is brewing in the background as Sean Foyt's Let Us Worship movement continues, with Sean Foyt Ministries just recently announcing a new 2023-2024 leg of the tour. This is a great example of Sean Foyt's whole vibe. What started with a remnant small Gideon's army on the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm not saying it's nefarious, but promotional trailers like this, they are purpose-built to stir up great big emotion, open pockets, and give us feelings of belonging and purpose give us a calling and the sense that something really, really special and important is happening here. And the heart of the nation awaken again. This is the season to dream even bigger with God as we take the momentum of what he's done the last two years and we bring Let Us Worship to every single state capital across America. As I'm standing here in the U.S. Capitol, I am declaring today the breakthrough that we've seen here over three years of gathering for Let Us Worship, we are now going to bring to all 50 states. Now is the time. Let us worship.
But not everyone is moved by Sean Foyt. He receives a ton of criticism, including a series of scathing reports from Rolling Stone magazine, and a recent one in July of 2022 points out how similar Foyt's worship meetings have become to a Donald Trump campaign trail stop with whirlwind events, relentless fundraising, and unabashed luxury. Tax filings also revealed that Foyt himself has seen a personal surge in wealth and adopted a lavish lifestyle that's caught the eye of ministry watchdogs, many of whom believe that his various charities are funding things like his multiple new homes and properties, expensive shoes and sports jerseys. Now, Foyt himself denies all accusations that he's done anything wrong. And I'll also add that amidst this ongoing investigation into his ministry, Foyt has accused Rolling Stone of sending reporters to infiltrate and spy on his prayer team. I have an open invitation to Sean Foyt and any of his close associates to join me on Heaven Bent. But for now, all my requests have been denied. I'll add too that Foyt's reaction to all the criticism he receives, especially from people in the Christian community, he describes it as a quote, painful wake up call that not everyone is willing to fight for religious freedoms like he is. So a guiding question I had for season two was, is Bethel a cult? And my conclusion at the very end was that it's, cult-ish. Where do you stand today when it comes to that question? Is Bethel a cult? Yeah, this this continues to be such a a tricky question and such an important one, I think. Well, tell me about it. I'm the one that pussyfooted and called it cult-ish instead of just saying it's a cult. I couldn't even do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think where I'm landing with this is that I don't know that I care to label it as a cult. But what I do think is tremendously important is that if you kind of, if we just kind of take away the word cult, but we look at what is the effect, you know, what is actually happening, what kinds of influence they have over the people who go there. That's where I think we see the danger. And and really that's what I think is concerning to the people of Reading who are asking about Bethel affiliation. I just thought of one more question I wanted to ask you. It's maybe a little bit more personal, considering that you were, a, you know, f- formerly with Bethel and you were an active part of that community. You obviously have still connections there today. What about friendships? Like you hear so often about people leaving a church like Bethel and not being able to continue to foster relationships with people who stayed behind. Have you managed to do that? I haven't managed to do that very well. And it's something I think about a lot and I talk about a lot, you know, when I run into other people in town often who are former Bethel, we, it almost always comes up, you know, have you stayed in touch with people in your community at Bethel? And, you know, there's, there's not an intentional ghosting, I don't think. There's not a shunning process. You know, that's one of the reasons that I would hesitate to call the church a cult. You know, there's not, there's not an ostracization but there's just this sense that you're either in in the club or you're not, you're, you're part of the thinking or you're not. And if you're in Bethel, you know, it's really such an insular community within our larger Reading community that, you know, they, there's their, they have their own activities, they have their own coffee shops, you know, they have their own circles, their own um, cultural events. And 
it can be very challenging. You know, I, I have one friend in particular who, whose husband is a pastor at the church and she's really worked hard to maintain our friendship with me. And I, I really deeply appreciate that because it's, it's my belief that we need to continue to move across ideological divides, whether those are political or religious or both, um, to continue to seek to understand and be curious about each other and to form relationships that, that pass some of those ways of thinking and that continue to build bridges. Thank you.